no sponsor prime. <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking this stuff for a while now. It's pretty good. And it doesn't like give you like a super um what's it called? Crash afterwards. So it's pretty good. You tell me when. We're live. All right. Let me get this microphone in my face. Yes. All right, so uh, welcome to the Drowning Fish Podcast. I have the homie here, Juan Valdez. That's me. Yeah, he's a, yeah. He's a good guy. I'm going to let him introduce himself, who he is, what he does. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, my name is Juan Valdez, uh, Juan Inez, or I guess some people uh, know me as Tough Labs. I'm a photographer, videographer, content creator. Pretty much anything that has to do with like tech stuff, cameras, um, it's what I do. But yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. So a little bit of uh, like backstory about Juan. He uh, took my uh, proposal pictures that a lot of people saw on my Instagram yeah. a couple years ago during the pandemic, which was crazy. Um, I, was, I was thankful. I was like, work. Yeah, dude. Yes. <laughs> was it hard for for you to get work back then? Yeah, super hard. I think. 2020 was going to be my year to thrive. So I thought I had a lot of bookings. Um, you know, I started out doing photography in 2017. Photography, speaking like weddings, thinking quinceañeras. Uh, so it was a lot of a lot of work to be able to build up clientele, um, just, I guess, popularity. So 2020, I had a lot of events booked. I was super thrilled. March comes around, kind of ruins everything. Yeah. Uh, it was all downhill from there. Everybody started canceling. Uh, not canceling, but just kind of rescheduling for, for the fall. And then it just kept going. So everybody was like, you know what? Now we're just going to reschedule for next year. Uh, so it was it was a challenge to find work. I did pick up a marketing job, which I still worked. I, I still worked for them, but I had to pick up that in order to sustain myself. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty challenging. Here and there, I did have a lot of, uh, like, smaller things. You know, people still wanted to do their bautizos, uh, birthday parties. Uh, everything was just at a smaller scale. Uh, but I was still thankful for, for everybody that kind of did hire me during those times of uh, desperation for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of chaos during mm -hmm. the time. Um yeah, dude, those pictures turned out to be great, man. And uh, I remember reaching out to you, and I was like, "Hey, man, will you will you come shoot some pics?" You know? Yeah, you know, those are I, I love engagement shoots specifically because a lot of people like yourself just plan out like a photo shoot, and you know, just like a regular photo shoot with their uh, uh, with their girlfriend. Uh, so their girlfriend has no idea yeah. that the question is coming. So being able to kind of capture those moments are kind of neat. I will tell you, I have done some crazy things at engagement shoots for people not, not so they won't see me. Yeah. Uh, I have a ghillie suit. I don't know if you know, oh, what, a, wow, you know what a ghillie really? suit is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I have a ghillie suit. I've only used it once, uh, but I hid like behind some bushes and then they were just taking a walk in the park and then he asked the question, uh, and I just pop out. That's bam, 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 bam. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm surprised that she didn't get scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <dude. laughs> just the walking bush coming towards yeah. towards her. 
but yeah, engagement shoots is, is something that I I enjoy a lot. To be honest, that kind of shoot isn't as requested as much. A lot of people just like doing their shoots uh, after the fact that they've ha- have already done the the actual proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who still hire photographers for the actual like the real thing. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Is there uh is there a, a time where I know like 2020, there was a lot of people that worked, you know, mm-hmm. that were self-employed. Yeah. Uh, that work wasn't around, you know, we're three years down the line and AI has come into the picture. Oh God. Yeah. How, AI- do, you, how <clears throat> do you feel about that? AI. <laughs> I saw this, uh, Instagram reel that I shared with some of my artist friends and it was like everybody uh, artists are scared of AI because uh, it's uh, taking their jobs or it's going to take their work or they're, they're going to keep struggling. And then uh, the guy was like false artists will have always been struggling. So nothing will change. Uh, But on a more serious note, like, it's crazy to me how you can just put something into uh, a computer and tell it what to do, give it a little bit of information, maybe like some headshots of some people, and then some uh, the AI creates images for you. Uh, it is kind of scary to think that maybe one day in the future it, it'll replace jobs like my job or content creation, which I think in reality, AI has kind of replaced some jobs. I feel like graphic designers aren't appreciated as much ever since uh, Canva came out. I don't know if you're familiar with Canva. Uh, The necessity for graphic designers is is decreasing. Yeah. Uh, So I'm always like, damn, are we next? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Photographers, videographers, uh, like I was telling you earlier before we started that uh, that software that pretty much cuts up your podcast and does everything for you, like there's no necessity for an editor anymore, which for people like me who primarily focus on going out and shooting events and that's kind of how my money is made, it works out for me because I save a lot of money. I don't have to pay somebody to edit my videos anymore, but for someone that depends on editing as their full-time job, it's... I'd be more scared if that was like the only thing that I relied on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what are it, your thoughts about AI? So when it comes to, to like content creation, uh, like original content creation and that I'll put quotation marks around original mm-hmm. because every, no, nothing's original now, but you know, at the end of the day, I feel like, uh, artists like yourself, like you still have to capture the moment and mm-hmm. capture, you know, whatever you're, you may be capturing mm-hmm. you, it's you at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, AI, I think, I think right now is used more as a resource and a tool more than like job displacement. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it doesn't, you know, do all that because I know there's like people like the writers guild of America. There's a lot of writers that are getting out of a job because you know, AI is writing stuff. AI is writing yeah. stuff. So it is definitely scary to kind of 
witness that and see where it's going. But yeah. I, it's not scary for me because one, I don't write to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I mean, I'm still, you know, making content. I'm still you producing write. stuff. So yeah, whenever it's whenever it's uh, crucial for me to use AI mm-hmm. as, a, as a resource or a tool, I'm definitely going to use it. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of my one of my guys that works with me, because I like to put a lot of thought into my captions. Usually when I post something on Instagram, Facebook, whatever the case may be, he told me, why don't you just plug it in chat GPT and it'll spit something out. It did seem like the easiest way to go. But I was like, I don't know. I feel I don't feel right doing that. I kind of want to think a little bit and I think that's probably the most not the most the biggest problem like with the younger generation you know like people people who are now in high school I don't know how it's going to affect their ability to think for themselves if they have all of this technology doing everything for them like at what point do you have your own thoughts yeah. at what point do you uh you know, create your own assumptions about certain situations. Uh, like, for example, you know, everybody, whenever the internet came out, um, like the older generation was like, oh, you guys have it easy, you know, mm-hmm. like you just go in and type, do some research, and then you're the smartest person in the world. Uh, so now take that to like one step above that. And now I can kind of relate to like the generation before me who, you know, had a lot of had a lot to say about the internet and it it's i don't know it's making people less original like yeah. you said yeah yeah so it is kind of scary to think what is next yeah. is art going to be dead is it not what are we going to do yeah i think <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think like if you can't beat them, join them. You know, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm to a point where I'm just like, man, like if robot is next, then I'm gonna just become a part of it. You know? Exactly. Um, <laughs> I like to have some artificiality inside my brain. That'd yeah, be pretty dope. Definitely. You think that we'll get to that at some point where people are, like, twenty years ago, no one imagined an Apple Watch. Now mm-hmm. everyone has an Apple Watch. I think we will get to that. I think the people who are still able to separate themselves from technology are going to be the ones who succeed more rather than the ones who completely depend on it. Because I don't want to say that AI is bad and, you know, don't do it. Uh, Definitely. It's a powerful tool and it has its uses. Like even I use it, like I told you, it's, it's there's software out there that will literally do the work for you. I save time, uh, focus my energy on other things. So yeah, I, we're getting there. I don't know how soon. Um, seems crazy. At the beginning of the year, all of these uh, AI images, like the AI created, they were so trash. I want to say like January, February. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to right now, the jump is just crazy. In right. a few months, I'm like, yeah, Jesus, AI is learning pretty fast oh, yeah. <laughs> what it needs to do. Yeah, there was a picture of uh, the Pentagon, like it was on fire, mm-hmm. and it it tank the stock market because a lot of people thought it was real so imagine that type of uh leverage it can have on oh, yeah, the stock market sure. 
deep fakes and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the Pope picture is what tripped me out. For the longest time, I thought it was real. <laughs> really? Yes. You thought for the Pope me was as a, a for me jacket? as a photographer, I was like, no, he can't. And I, I thought about it for like three days. I was like, I thought it was a real photo. And then somebody told me they were like, yeah, I can't believe AI did it. And I was like, what AI? AI did this? And they were like, yeah, like the 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 person behind it, like they put all this information in the computer, like. They put the shutter speed, they put the f-stop, they put what it wanted to look like. They gave like excruciating details mm-hmm. on um, what it is, what they wanted to be able to get that result. And to me, that was crazy. I was like, dang. Yeah. They fooled me. Yeah. <laughs> they got yeah. me. It was a really good yeah. picture. Yeah. yeah. I was like, man, the Pope is really dripped out. Yeah, like, that's what I thought. I thought he for real dressed like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, someone brought me back to reality. But I mean, just imagine that image alone and if someone like creates stuff based on i mean i don't know i'm always thinking people sabotaging other people mm-hmm. i just recently watched uh the new season of black mirror i don't know if you're into it. Have, yeah. you, have you seen the new season yet yeah we, i finished you it. finished it that yeah. first episode uh with the uh that streaming service just creating content yep. from people's lives and just spitting it out automatically and in, in real time yeah i was like i mean i don't think we're too far from that yeah it yeah it, it made me think a little bit because i put myself so much on the internet especially mm-hmm. with audio podcasting that at some point i'm sure there's going to be a software that can pick up my voice and make it say whatever yeah in my voice mm-hmm. so it's definitely something like i could i'm pretty sure there's something out there right now that can do that you know probably Probably, I feel like the government just hides so much. They probably had all this technology, you know, years before, before now. Yeah. And they're just now starting to release it because they probably have some other cooler shit out there. Uh, but yeah, that that episode was was pretty trippy, and I was like, man, it's it made me think a lot, you know, like to what I said that we're not too far from that stuff being real. I'm trying to think of an episode that came out a few years ago to where it's like kind of like reality now. Of Black Mirror? Of Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. I know the the Apple VR one where everyone was like oh, yeah. plugged in. Mm-hmm. That that was a Black Mirror episode too. And I was like, dude, it's, it's, it's happening here. right it's now. It's like in a couple of years, like people have VR headsets. Yeah. And with Apple making that new one that just came out yeah it's just it's gonna be incredible are you gonna get that probably yeah i am i I am a huge apple supporter yeah me too everybody hates me for it uh i guess technically i'm i I guess i'm a nerd so all my nerd friends are like you you're not a real nerd you gotta have a pc to be a a real nerd i'm like well i like apple uh it's easier uh everything links up together Mm -hmm. so yes i will probably get the the headset whenever it comes out and see what it has to offer yeah Yeah, i think i'm gonna get it as well because i was thinking about how i think it's gonna replace the computer at home and if you're working from Mm -hmm. it if you're doing hard like actual hard stuff on your computer like editing or or stuff like that i don't or gaming i don't think it's gonna work out for that but as if you're like on YouTube browsing or like just 
doing whatever on mm-hmm. your computer that people do. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's going to replace the computer mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I, I I think I saw an ad for like a phone. Like some, one of the creators from Apple, they like made a phone where it just like, it's like a screen that just like, or like a like a hologram screen that just pops up on your hand. Like you clip it on your chest, I think. I might be giving you false information. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I saw something like that. And yeah, man, technology nowadays is crazy. Too crazy. I kind of want to go back to where, I don't know, simpler times. Yeah, I was talking to my mm-hmm. wife uh, yesterday about this. I was like, we were watching a movie mm-hmm. and this, this uh, dude had a slide phone and he like slid it dramatically. And I was mm-hmm. like, I miss that. No, yeah. I miss where you could like hang up and like dramatically close yeah, it. Yeah, flip the phone back over. I don't know. Like even done. yeah, even this TV man, you got your what your VHS, your DVD. Yeah, it's dual compatible. Yeah, dude, I remember. Uh, you know, I grew up in the blockbuster era, having mm-hmm. to go and rent movies. I don't know that that was. I was always excited to go rent some movies, man. Yeah. Now yeah. it's just so easy. You just uh, click it online, Netflix, whatever pirate it i don't know whatever the case may be uh yeah man i miss those days when technology was more simple yeah everything's so instant now you know everything like we were talking about earlier even even when you get on tiktok you're Mm -hmm. you're just it's fast you know content creation is absorbed really fast now and that's kind of scary to me because i'm i'm such a i'm such like a long form storyteller yeah that it, it can it, i'm just like what well, is anyone going to consume my stuff you know like is anyone going to mm-hmm. uh it's pretty scary for people that cons- that don't really watch tv you know yeah people that don't like just get on tiktok or w- youtube reels or whatever youtube shorts sorry yeah um my camera just shut off i know i don't know i don't know what's going on just give me one second everybody It wasn't recording. <laughs> you think so? I don't know. Sure. At least we got the audio. I hope. Yeah. That happened to me once. Oh, yeah. Oh. The, okay. Start over. Cool. You tell me when you're good. No, we're good. We're good. Yeah, let's Sweet. just keep the conversation going. Okay. You cool. want a drink, dude? Uh, I'll take you a. Ever have Buffalo Trace. No. You said whiskey, just because I I agreed because it's alcohol. Like I told you, it takes it doesn't take much to convince me. Uh, I'm more of a tequila mezcal type of guy. Mm-hmm. But I fuck I fuck with some whiskey. You want some? I'll take some. All right. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make this guy do anything he doesn't want to do. <laughs> then be like, he made me drink. Whiskey. Somebody with a gun on the other side. Yeah. (laughs) Whiskey. What is it called? Buffalo Trace. So this is something. Is it native to Cersei? No. It's uh, (laughs) apparently it's the oldest whiskey distillery in the United States. And apparently they ran illegally during the prohibition. 
and then they, yeah. they, they were like way before the prohibition and then ran illegally during the prohibition that would have been that would have been a cool era to live oh yeah we would have been hung dude mm-hmm. probably yeah and lynched yeah you ever think about that like if i was white been, it'd be cool to live <laughs> yeah you ever think about how it would have been to live in mexico during those times oh yeah yeah, I think about it all the time, like my ancestors and how they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I recently, well, what was Prohibition? Like 1920s, 1920 yeah. something? I'm trying to think when my, I think my grandma was born in the 30s. I think. I don't even know. But yeah, no, I th- I think about that all the time. Um not like all the time, but you know, frequently. Frequently, yeah. yeah. I don't wake up and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would life been back in the <laughs> 1930s if I was born? Yeah. Um. No, yeah. I don't know too much to be honest. Now that I'm thinking about it, I just watched the movie uh, Lawless. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm. It's got uh, Tom Hardy, Shia LaBeouf. I don't think I have. Anyways, it's about the uh, Prohibition era, and it's these two, these three brothers, uh, pretty much just running like a illegal uh, moonshine operation during the Prohibition era, and uh, they're they're from somewhere in Tennessee, up in the Smoky Mountains. Oh yeah, I think I have mm-hmm. seen this movie. It's pretty good, uh, but if you just fast forward a few years, it would have been completely illegal what yeah. what they were doing. Which is crazy to me. Tom Hardy died from hypothermia. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was, I, he, I was, he was supposed to be immortal, and like he like survived gun gunshots yeah. and stabs. They cut his throat literally, and then uh, yeah, he fell into a river, got sick, and that's what got him. <laughs> what a way to go! Yeah, dude. what a way to go. That's crazy too, because I have a lot of friends who, um, unfortunately, they passed away, but they passed away in like some weird ways. Like, I know them, they were, like, badasses and uh, survived the same situations, like, fell off uh, bridges and stuff, and then um, they just died of stupid reasons. Drunk driving. (laughs) Let's go back a little bit and kind of tell us a little bit about your history. I know, I think I saw on your Instagram you were in the military. Yeah, I was in the Marine Corps in... 2012, 2012 to 2016. Yeah, I was uh, originally supposed to be a combat engineer, but my recruiter fucked me. So if he's watching, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, when I graduated boot camp, I came out as an open contract. So they, they, I was like, oh, I thought I was a combat engineer. No, you signed up as an open contract. Um, and uh, the only thing that they had available at the time was combat lithographer. So that's pretty much, to sum it up, it's kind of a, a guy who goes out somewhere, looks at the terrain, and then just draws whatever he sees. This is like before drones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of, that job was super important. Like you just went out there... Uh, sketched out whatever if it's a village the the terrain surveying yeah, yeah all that stuff uh so i graduated that school and as soon as i graduated what do you know drones have 
advanced a whole lot more. So basically that job, it, they discontinued it. And then I got thrown into a combat camera, which is, you know, basically photographing for the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a lot of like uh, training exercises with like other countries, uh, Thailand, Vietnam, stuff like that, helping their military out, uh, document all that, any important event, uh, humanitarian services, uh, a lot of hurricanes that happened like in the Philippines, uh, earthquake in Nepal. Uh, that's the type of stuff that I did. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, fast forward to today, I'm pretty thankful that it t- I took that route because if I hadn't, I would I wouldn't have been a photographer. I don't think so. You know, so yeah. I take that back to my career. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah he helped you out. He dude. helped me out in a in a way that he didn't know. But originally, he fucked me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I when I was young, mm-hmm. when I was like, well, I'm still, I'm still young. I'm 25. How old are mm-hmm. you? 28. 28. 29 in August. Yeah, we're both young mm-hmm. young men here. Um, when I was about to go to college, I met up with a national guard recruiter mm-hmm. and I was like super, super close to joining the national guard just so they could pay for schooling. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to like go out in the battlefield with a camera mm-hmm. and that's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, Oh, I'm going to be shipped off. You know, I'm going to be with a camera with a bunch of tough guys. Yeah. You know, just basically yeah, being a journalist out there. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that didn't dude my ASVAB was so bad. Yeah. They were like, dude, there's no way. <laughs> there's <laughs> no way you're gonna do that. And I was like, okay. But you know, that didn't work out. Um, but it, it would have been def- definitely it would have been a cool story mm-hmm. to tell. Did you and did you document a lot of stuff? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of where the high ASVAB score comes into play. Uh, because there is like a lot of writing involved. Mm-hmm. Um I think that was probably the hardest part, like taking pictures and, and, and doing videos, that was easy. But man, writing captions is tough. Um probably spent you spend about three or four hours writing captions for about ten photos. Uh just because they each have to be captioned uh uniquely mm-hmm. and and in a specific format to where it's very time consuming. But it helps with like your own creative process and what you take photos of. Because now when you're taking photos, you're looking, you're using your mind before you snap that photo. You're like, is this, how can I translate this into words? Cause if you can't translate it into words, is the picture even worth it? Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to, uh, for example, like take a picture of, they get a camera and take a picture of this chair and then they post it. And then I'm like, well, I mean, that's a great photo of a chair, but it really doesn't tell me anything. Like, what's your caption going to be? Photo of a chair, put the brand name, I don't know, buy one at Walmart today. Yeah. It really doesn't speak anything to me. Uh, Then we can make it interesting. I don't know, grab grab a bat, destroy the chair then take a picture yeah. and then you're able to, to, to create something a lot more meaningful, a lot more impactful. So writing all those captions really does help you 
when you're shooting. It, it helps you think. It helps you not just snap away like a crazy man. In the digital world, we're blessed with having uh, unlimited amount of photos. You know, you just put your memory card in and you can shoot as many as photos as you want. Uh, back in the day, you know, shooting film, you're limited to like 15 photos. Yeah. Uh, and you, you got to think about what you're going to shoot because you don't want to you don't want to waste your film on yeah. something that's not worth it. Uh, which is kind of what I always try to tell people to practice. Uh, and you just get so much better at photos that way. Yeah. yeah. yeah I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, there is definitely, I mean, any, any day that I want, I can come in here and start recording on the camera yeah. and not have to worry about the, the, amount, the of amount of film, you know? Yeah. Man, that back in really, the day you had to yeah, well back in roll the day you it. really had to do some serious work, yeah. man. A lot of a lot of thought before you shoot. Yeah. Uh and that's kind of what what I tell myself, I tell my team um always think before you shoot. Don't just go ham and Yeah, yeah. Uh cuz you're you're not you're creating more work for yourself. Uh you're going to be in post production, you're going to be like going through a thousand photos and one of them works i mean that's one way to do it you know some people if that's your workflow by all means you know whatever works for you but uh, i kind of like doing everything behind the camera you know in the moment there's a lot of a lot of creators that always say i'll fix it in post Mm -hmm. that's probably the, the the biggest mistake you can do is thinking that way. I'll fix it in post. Yeah. You're just creating more work for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that, and I know that this, this is a little completely different <laughs> from having a job and having to cre- like to create a story and basically story tell um, back when you were in the military and ha- you had to make these captions. Mm-hmm. Do you think that every image or every video needs like like back in the day when they had silent film you know like mm-hmm. is it enough for a picture to just be post a picture and leave it 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 is it is enough the because the caption thing it was mandatory mm-hmm. uh i don't know why it was like that before i got there and to this day i think it's still like that but the way they explained it to me, and by they, I had this uh, this leader. Uh, he was a gunnery sergeant, which is like a pretty much he's in charge of everybody. Uh, probably one of the best leaders that I had. His name was uh, Gunnery Sergeant Gonzalez, Gunny Gonzalez for short. Uh, and he explained to me that same, what I just explained to you about the captions and how you can use the captions to make your images a lot better. Uh, I feel like I at a point where you feel like your images are impactful enough, you don't need a caption, but it takes a lot to get there. It takes a lot to get there. Um, One person can just take a photo of, uh, let's say I do a photo of you, for example, and it's just a basic ass photo. There's no expressions in your face. There's nothing. Um, Someone who, knows what they're doing and kind of create wants to create something a little bit more impactful. You know, they'll move you, they'll put you right here in the middle. They'll have you place your, uh, your whiskey glass or something. 
uh, and maybe like take a swig before they take the photo. Uh, you know, just create little things that are going to speak without words. Yeah. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, it's not an easy process. It took me a while to get used to captions. When I was in school, in the military school for it, I would take photos and I wouldn't understand why my instructor would always be like, nope, these are trash. Go write them again. And they were wrong every single time. <laughs> every single time. I spent like literally hours fixing little things and he would find minute things until finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back out. I'm going to redo my photos and redo my captions after I do the new photos. I did that. I come back with more powerful images that I put thought into and the captions were just so much easier to do and then got approved no. on to the next, next task. So that is my advice to any content creator, uh, photographer. I say content creator because unfortunately we have shifted from still imagery. Mm-hmm. Everything is all about videos, yeah. uh, which kind of sucks. Yeah. I still enjoy <laughs> yeah. still imagery. Mm-hmm. I th- I think there's, I think at some point it's going to make a really strong comeback. Oh, yeah. Um, because at some point we're just going to get burnt out on having to consume video yeah. to get the story, to get whatever, um, how should I say this? To get the point, you know? Yeah. To and get a, people and, to see yeah. what you're putting out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a picture. Like it can, it can get straight to the point, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that there is no faster way to, uh, a, like accumulate and acquire a story mm-hmm. other than a photo. I think that's the fastest way to consume yeah. now is a photo. Like you can read and it's going to take you a long time. You can watch a video, you can watch a movie and it's going to take you however long the video is, but the picture it's instant. Mm-hmm. So I think. I think at some point it's going to come like right back. And I don't think it's even left. I love, I love photography. Yeah. I have a deep admiration for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice thing to do. You know, one thing that has made a comeback in the recent years is uh, print photography. You know, a lot of people appreciate uh, the books I, I deliver, uh, the big prints. I don't know. It's just a lot of things in, in the digital world. You just scroll past them and then they die. You, mm-hmm. you never see them again. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of, of print. I try to print at least one, uh, photo from every session that I do like to keep for myself, you yeah. know, like a collection. Yeah. Um, it just kind of inspires me, motivates me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. dude. Yeah. Tell me more about, uh, tough labs. Like how did you get started? I'm sure it was like, was it a one man band? Was it just it, you? It was, uh, so getting out the military, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life as most, you know, people in the military. Mm-hmm. They kind of just like get out and hope for the best. Uh, so when I got out, I was in San Diego and without the military, I couldn't afford to live in San Diego. San Diego is expensive. So I came back to Little Rock, which is where my parents were living. Uh, I'm originally from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, the hood. Uh, and then, yeah, so I started doing photography 
portrait photography, which is very different from what I was doing in the military. In the military, you kind of already have something to shoot. Like you go to an event or a training exercise, uh, every everybody does what they need to, and you kind of just work on the side and capture those images versus what I started doing, which was like portrait photography, uh, weddings and stuff. You have to direct people. You have to, to, to have some kind of communication to be able to capture the best versions of themselves. That was probably the hardest thing to accomplish and be able to adapt to. Most people don't know how to post for photos or or what to do when somebody's taking their photos. People need direction. Uh, so it's something that I had to get really good at. Once I did that, uh, I mean, people started liking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like I told you, it, it took a while to build that up. So from like 2017 up until 2020, it was a struggle. 2020 came around. I built a clientele. I had a lot of bookings for that year, but then everything kind of crashed. 2021, back on track. Um, and early this year, no, er, yeah, I decided to expand because uh, I had help. I had like four people helping me, but I decided to expand into two teams to be able to cover more events uh, because. In Arkansas, there's really not a lot of wedding photographers or quinceanera photographers in the Latin community. Uh, American community, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. But for the Latino community, there's not a lot. People were telling me, I don't know who I'm going to get. There's literally no one left. So I was like, I'll just open another team. Uh, so that's where the point we're at now. We're covering two events per weekend uh, and hoping to expand build a build a third team dude that's awesome yeah. man that's definitely goals yeah. right there dude. yeah i i've been thinking about uh doing like a post because i have a post from a few years ago where i kind of laid out my gear on the floor and it was just like a canon 6d uh a beat up flash that i had a, a bag i was editing on my ipad um and i i want to do kind of a photo where I have all my gear, but I was like, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I don't want to, I don't want to come off as like, I'm flexing too hard, you know? Yeah. Cocky. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I, I feel it. like it'd be cool. Just do it. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Have I, ev- everybody with their equipment that they use and it'd be dope. Yeah. I think there's nothing more beautiful than growth, mm-hmm. man. Like there's people, there's people that struggle for a really mm-hmm. long time to get to, you know, any, some sort of success. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that's awesome, dude. I think you should do it. Yeah. Yeah. It took a while. I mean, like I said, uh, 2017, uh, what year are we in now? Seven, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, six years, yeah. six years. And it's finally, um, it's paying off. So I'm super thrilled about that. Uh, I don't want to do this forever. I, I mean, I love, you know, being at quinceañeras and weddings, but I mean, that's a, it's a lot of it's a lot to sacrifice um, all your Saturdays when everybody else is out there having fun, oh, yeah. uh, family, friends. I mean, that's their only day off. For me, you know, it's the only day I work. Like, pretty much, 
I get my week's worth of pay in, in one day. But I have to sacrifice that, you know, while everybody else is working is my free time. But when everybody's free time is here, it's when I work. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. Uh, I've missed out on a lot of things. But, uh, I mean, I'm happy. I, I like being at people's events. Uh, in a way, I feel like I'm giving back to the community, uh, helping helping them uh, stay with those moments. Um, being a sense of security for their day of. A lot of people always come to me to to kind of just uh, rant about other things that went wrong that day, like oh the caterer yeah. fucked everything up, the yeah. decor people fucked it up. I'm like, well, at least you got the photos. They're good. And then, so it, it kind of gives me a little bit of a, a sense of a pride to be yeah. able to do that for people. Yeah. Yeah. Serving my community, I guess. And getting paid for it. <laughs> I want to talk yeah. a little bit about how, when you were talking earlier, like not a lot of people know how to pose. And I remember when you mm-hmm. took my pictures, I was like, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I've never had a photographer take pictures of me. And it's so true, dude. Like, yeah. I didn't know what to do, you know? Yeah. Like, even young people are like, what do I do? Yeah. And to have somebody like yourself direct mm-hmm. each step, even location, such a big, big, yeah, like, it's huge. Um, because where we took pictures, you were familiar with that, and you could mm-hmm. build a story, or you could build the images in your head, you know? Yeah. Um, do you, whenever you get to, like, a new location, is it harder for you? It is a little harder. Um, Like you said, uh, I kind of have my go-to places that I recommend. Like uh, the Old Mill, the Capitol, uh, a lot of the parks in Little Rock. I already know them to where I know where where pictures are going to look good. Um, I'd say if it's a regular photo shoot and it's a new location... Uh, there really isn't a problem, but sometimes when it's like a wedding or something, uh, whether that be a, a new venue or uh, in a different city, it is a little bit harder because you're unfamiliar with what's around you. So you have to shift your focus uh, a little bit to like, like you said, the location, the lighting. Uh, so you're not giving your client 100% of the time that you would normally, you know, just trying to help them out. Uh, that's not all the time, though. Uh, sometimes the location is perfect. Like, if it's a, it's a really good location, um, then, I mean, that pretty much speaks for itself. But I try to ask clients where the location is, and they can drop me a pen. I'll Google it, whatever. If it looks trash, I'll probably tell them, no. Can't do it. Uh, At first, you know, when you're starting off, you're so eager or I don't want to use the word desperate, but it might be the right word to use. Uh, You're desperate to to book a client with that. You'll agree to. Yeah, let's do it there. You know, that's where you want it. We'll do it there. Uh, Fast forward to today. I'm like, sorry, can't do it. Any other location? Yeah. Or the ones I recommend? Yeah, let's do it there. Uh, not only am I helping them out, uh, I mean, not only am I helping myself out, but I'm helping them out because I'll have more time to 
uh, be able to focus on making them feel comfortable working on their poses. Uh, one of the things I do now a lot is um, I'll shoot for about five to 10 minutes and then I'll show people what they are looking like, you know, the camera, I'll give them the camera and be like, Hey, this is what, what we're working with. Uh, I need to hear your thoughts. Uh, Cause a lot of people, most people have insecurities, you know, you can be like the hottest person in the world and you still have insecurities. You're like, mm, I kind of like how I look from this side or like from the angle, like a, like a downwards angle. Uh, so I get all that feedback as I'm doing photos and then towards the end, we have it worked out. Now you're a professional, you're a professional model. You know what works. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Easy as that. It's a lot of, uh, I always tell my clients, uh, it's teamwork. Uh, I can only put in so much, uh, and you can only put in so much. Like yeah. if one of us is slacking, the photos aren't going to come out. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't be, if you're getting your pictures taken, you can't be awkward. You know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, I wouldn't even say pretend you mm -hmm. have to, you have to do what you would normally do. Walk yeah. how you normally would walk and yeah. smile how you would normally smile. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, yeah. really important. And that's why I try to do like a lot of uh, dynamic poses direction rather than like just static. Uh, so I would like tell or I'll, I'll tell people, uh, you know, what we're going to do next. Uh, you guys, if we're talking about a couple, you guys are going to hold each other's hands. You guys are going to walk way over there and then you're going to walk back to me. And then I'm like, as you're walking back to me, I'm going to be screaming some stuff out of what to do. That way I can kind of get them naturally do it. If they mess up, even better. Because now they mess up, they laugh, uh, they hug each other, and you get those genuine moments. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you try to go out there and just do photos and be like, oh, just stand there and look like you're in love, your client's going to be like... There's not a lot of direction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll try to look like I'm in love. Uh, that's how I, I, I started off. You know, get me wrong. Everybody goes through that. But it's a matter of trying out new things, see what works, see what doesn't work. And doing stuff more dynamic is what works for me. So it's kind of what I stuck to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember this when you... I think you sent somebody to me because um, I was doing stand-up comedy at the time, mm -hmm. um, which I'm taking a pretty long break at oh. it, like huge. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, yeah, she wanted me to do Spanish comedy. And mm. I told you yeah. before the podcast started, my Spanish is really bad. Yeah. Um, it's not, per I mean, it's not like horrible, but it's not something that I'm proud of. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I don't. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Just, just to see what, how it was going to go. But yeah, I remember that. Uh, La Culpable, right? The place in North Little Rock. I don't, I don't. You know so here's the funny part. <laughs> yeah. I said yes. And then I got scheduled to work and there was no way for me to get out of work. Mm. So I was like, man, I, I couldn't go. Mm -hmm. But I had some stuff written. Like it was really, really bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like I was trying to do some cantifla stuff, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, "This is not gonna work, dude." It's like super outdated, but yeah, but yeah, it was. Uh, you got any examples? Oh man, that was like a, a whole 
long. That was a long time ago. Long time yeah. ago, but <sighs> yeah, you know, there's. Um, I tell people, and I ask them, people. There's a lot of people that know Spanish, but like understand it and be able to dissect Spanish. It's it's like you had to be native or like be speaking it frequently. Uh, when I first started off photography, I was the same way. I was in the military. I hadn't speak spoken uh, Spanish in such a long time where I came back and I was like, man, why don't I know these simple words? I knew them, but it would just take a really long time for me to think about them and be able to form sentences. Now that I've been more in the game, you know, working with uh, primarily Hispanic families, you know, all these quinceañeras, they have moms who uh, aren't from here. They're, they're from Mexico, so they would rather speak in Spanish. Uh, now that I've been speaking to them for four or five years, uh, my Spanish is way better. I'm yeah. able to, like, form sentences without even thinking. I know words that I didn't even know existed, uh, which feels really good. Yeah. But I'd say that, yeah, just the more... Oh, there it goes. Sorry, dude. No, you're good. The more you use it, the better you get. Practice. Practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. It's crisp. Buffalo Trace is definitely my favorite. I used to be... Oh. Uh, I would say borderline alcoholic. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was it got to a point where it was bad. Like the pandemic happened, and it was just yeah. like whatever, you know. Man, I um, for me it was just uh, weed. To be honest, oh yeah. During the pandemic, uh, it was that I stayed with my I had I had my own house, but I would say we're at my friend's house because he had a a PlayStation, Xbox, a Switch. And then my other friend at the time, he worked at Tamales in Bryant. Mm -hmm. So that was literally all we did. Wake up, play video games, wait for him to get off work because he would just bring food from Tamales. Mm -hmm. He'd fuck up an order and then he'd be able to keep it because uh, none of us were working. Uh, we didn't have any money to go out and buy food. So that's how we survived. Uh, just like that. So... But alcoholic, I don't think I've ever been borderline alcoholic. What what drove you? Just bore, boredom? No, it was just partying, dude. Because mm. when the pandemic happened, I sincerely thought, I was like, this is probably the end of civilization. Mm -hmm. Like, that ran through my head for a little bit. The way and, people were acting, yeah, I could see especially, why. Especially, yeah. yeah. And it was my first year out of my parents' house. Like, mm -hmm. I had just moved into my apartment with my fiance. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is like... It's chaos. Mm -hmm. It's definitely chaos. And I was like, we might as well party it up if everything's going to be chaos. Mm -hmm. And that, you live like that for a long time and time just passes and you just like, oh, it's just a beer. It's just a drink. And then you just, it's repetitive and it just becomes. <laughs> you suddenly needed to oh, fall yeah. asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It got to a point where I was like, yeah, I got to get clean. It gets over. There goes the camera again. I'm not even going to worry about it. No, you're good. We got audio. We're yeah. good. Um, speak to me a little bit. I'm, I feel like I'm going to I'm gonna interview you now, but Go ahead, it's kind of, it, 
I watch a lot of comedy. Like I, I all the stand up on Netflix. I'm about it. Uh, and I can kind of sometimes I like steal some jokes here and there to kind of like be the I guess the center of attention. You know, whatever. Um, but what made you want to do that? That again was another point of like. Like, I really thought that we were going to end. And I didn't do stand-up because I just, I didn't, I didn't even think stand-up was possible. Yeah. You know? I was just like, oh, there's, there's an open mic in Little Rock. I'm mm-hmm. just going to show up and do it. And then I did it. And then I was like, that was really, really, it was probably the most embarrassing, humiliating thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. But. I walked off the stage with the biggest smile on my face. I mean, that's what it takes, man. Yeah. That take that leap, yeah. leap of faith. <laughs> so after that, I was just like, I have to, I have to do it. And it, I was really bad. I hate being bad at things. Mm-hmm. So I just, just I just couldn't, I couldn't like stop, mm-hmm. and I couldn't stop learning either. Like I would, I became a severely obsessed with comedy, and I was just kind of yeah. learning everything. Um, subscribing to like a bunch of comedians and stuff mm-hmm. like that, talking to everybody, visiting comedy clubs, you know, here and there. Yeah. But it's definitely, it's, I don't know if stand up comedy's in the future for me. It's definitely, mm-hmm. it's a really, it's a really, really ugly, nasty, hard climb. Yeah. It really I bet. Is. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, there's a, I mean, here alone in Arkansas, there's a lot of comedians, like local comedians. Yeah. Um, and you always gotta gotta think, you know, how do you stand out from from the crowd? Uh, it's challenging, man. It's definitely challenging, but I'm glad you took that leap of faith. Yeah, that's not easy to do. You know, I don't know if I could do it, uh, but. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> I'll definitely be back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like doing other things. I'm definitely focusing more on the podcast mm-hmm. now. Been wanting to have more guests. And I've been, I've visualized, this is going to sound really crazy. I've visualized having you on the podcast for mm-hmm. a long time now. Yeah. And I don't, I, I, I always looked at your content. Like today, you were showing that Sony A7. The, yeah, the new one the that just came one. out. And I was like, dude, that is so inspiring because yeah. I have a camera from 2017 <laughs> or 2016, 2014 yeah. or something like that. I don't yeah. know, dude. Bro, I'm addicted to buying gear. I can't help it. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I sincerely love when people show stuff like that because it's people yeah. don't understand the grind and the determination mm-hmm. that it takes to get to something like that. Yeah. It's like my, um, um, what's it called? I try to make myself feel better about it. And I'm like, ah, it's an investment. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't need it, but I'm just like, it's an investment. It'll, it'll, the money will come back. Soon. Oh, it, yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I still remember, you know, not even having, uh, a credit score. I couldn't just go out and like buy a camera, uh, just cause my, my credit was tanked cause of my mistakes that I made when I was young. Uh, it was like, it was bad. It was like 500 yeah. lower probably. Yeah. I think the lowest you can get is like 400 or something, <laughs> yeah. but it was, it was pretty bad. 
uh, to where I had to like save up like for a year uh, or get a credit card with a really high interest. Um, and now just going up to the store and being like, you know what, I'm going to get this camera. Um, it's a good feeling. Yeah. It's a really good feeling. Yeah, dude. That's yeah. all that that's, that's awesome, dude. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that's cocky whatsoever, man, yeah. because the people that, the people that know, mm-hmm. know, you know, and that's all you should ever, you shouldn't want validation from the outside. Yeah. You should feel validated on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah, dude. Comedy's tough. I bet. Yeah. I, uh, people say, some people say that I should probably do like stand up comedy or just some kind of maybe like a comedy podcast. Um, I don't think I should. I think it's just, <laughs> I think it's just things that happen in my life that are funny to people. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody thinks I have my shit together, but I really don't. Uh, there's a lot of things in my life that are, I guess is it's comical to me. So I could see it being pretty comical to other people. Uh, but it's kind of, I don't know, having a lifestyle with a lot of mistakes. I think that's a good thing. Oh, I yeah. think it, it, it keeps everything light. It, you, you get, you can laugh at yourself. People can laugh with you. Uh, I don't know. It just lightens up the mood and, uh, brings back everything. I, I think I was hearing a podcast about, I think it was Eddie Murphy. He said, I forgot who, who went to his house and like he had one of the faucet things broke and they asked him, why don't you fix it? And he was like, uh, no, because usually some funny shit happens when I try to like turn it on. It, it creates mm-hmm. uh, content for me. Like I can create something out of that. Yeah. So he would purposely have shit like that around his house or around his life just to be able to create something organically yeah. out of that. Yeah. So I kind of look at it, look at it like that, you know, I'll entertain my friends, my employees with my life problems. That's about it. Yeah. 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 There's definitely, there's a lot of humor and mistakes and there's mm-hmm. a lot of humor and self deprecation. There's a lot of humor and the beginning of something and making mistakes along the way. Yeah. Like the lights that I have, they're horrible. They're they're more than horrible. Yeah. They, they're like they're. But they're bad. I mean, they they create um, they create a I don't know a story. Yeah, a definite, story of hustle. A definite that definite yeah. story. But mm-hmm. you were saying earlier um, how you had a light story too. Yeah, and that I mean that in itself, um, when when you know you're like, man, this is really this the lighting situation is really bad. But it's all I got. <laughs> but it's all you got. Yeah. And all you can do is like move forward. But it is funny when you move forward, you look at stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like when you when you move forward, you got to look it back and be like that. That was really fucking funny. Yeah, it, it was. I still want to find her. Not beat her up, but thank her for the motivation. Yeah. Uh, to to be able to. I don't know. And in, in, in my eyes. Is prove her wrong or or make her regret what she had said. Yeah. But all you can do is I, I look back at it now and I, I thank her yeah. for for the criticism. Could it have been approached differently? <laughs> yes. Uh, but I'm glad that it was appro- approached the way that it, it did. Yeah. Um, 
don't know. It kind of just hit the gas pedal for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fire under your ass, mm-hmm. man. And I, there's a thing about determination and when people laugh at your goals and people laugh at like what you do have, mm-hmm. it kind of makes you want to, you're like, you know, fuck them, but they're right. Yeah. I mean, they, they, most people are at that time. You're, you're just a, you're just a kid with dreams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, I still remember my, my own family, um, thinking that, you know, this job was a joke, uh, which at the time I don't blame them cause it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, I was getting paid 50 bucks a session, if not less. I was doing stuff for free. Um, but you know, kind of their, their doubt towards me was kind of what what fueled everything to to not give up. Yeah. Because it, photography, you look at the photography world, especially the the uh, the the small scale photographers. What I mean by that is like people who are starting off, like. There's a bunch of beginner photographers, an abundance of them, but people who are able to pass that and actually make a name for themselves and have constant clientele and be recognized as a photographer, it's very few people. Uh, So I was always in the back of my head. I was like, I got to keep pushing forward. You know, whenever they hear my name, I want them to think photographer, Mm -hmm. you know, photographer Juan Valdez. I want that to 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 be the same that was my goal and i think now uh and today today it's what it is you know people uh hear tough labs they hear juan um they automatically think the photographer yeah uh took a while to get there oh yeah for sure what made you uh name it tough labs uh i was drunk with some of my buddies in the military (laughs) (laughs) of course that's how it always starts a drunk story uh, and we were watching The Simpsons. We were, it doesn't make any sense. We were watching The Simpsons, and you know how they drink Duff, the beer? Mm-hmm. And they were like, at the same time, you know, we were, it was just in the background. They were saying, just thinking of names. Uh, they were like, tough, because you're kind of tough, I guess. I was like, oh, I guess I am a little bit, you know? Um, and then at the time, I was really into graphic design, uh, illustrators so my original plan when I got out the military it wasn't photography it was getting into graphic design marketing that type of stuff because I thought there was a lot of money and there is a lot of money in it uh so I was going to do all that I was like so I kind of wanted to work for like a shop that did all that type of stuff I was like I mean like a laboratory for like graphic design that sounds kind of cool uh so that's where the labs part of it came so then we put it together. It was Tough Labs. It kind of had a nice sound to it. Mm-hmm. So whenever I came over here, I started the company with that name. And a lot of people didn't know what it was. They didn't question it. They kind of just like went with it. And today it's, I mean, people, some people refer to me as that, like yeah. Tough Labs. Tough Labs. Yeah. I'm just like, it just became uh, the same thing as, as my name, yeah. I guess, essentially. So that is the origin of Tough Labs. It's a tough name, dude, mm-hmm. for Tough Labs. Yeah. yeah. 
That's it. Yep. What else? I had another question for you, but it just skipped my mind, so I'm sorry. Dang. You're good. You're good. Are you first generation American? Uh, yes. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. My parents. Uh, so my dad. Well, actually, my granddad, he came to America in the 60s. And he became a citizen because he fought in Vietnam. Okay. My dad was also born in Mexico. He came to the U.S. in the 80s. Same thing. He fought in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, like in the 90s uh, during Iraq. So that's how he got his citizenship. And then after that, they just decided to stay here. Uh, here I am, which is kind of like one of the reasons why I decided to join the military. Oh yeah. Um, it's almost like every, almost every guy in my family, um, has been in the military or like a first responder or something like that for at least, um, you know, four years. So yeah, back in the day, there wasn't a lot of Mexicans that whenever I was growing up. Compared to like today, like I, I go to all these quinceañeras, man, there's so many kids today that I'm like, I wish they were, I, I wish it was like that whenever I was growing up. Yeah. Uh, they seem like they have a place that they belong, uh, a group of friends that they can relate to. Uh, not me, you know, did you grow up in Cersei? I grew up. And Judge Sonia, so yeah, basically yeah. it was the only the only Mexican. Ba- yeah, I was basically <laughs> the only Mexican. So yeah. it, being first generation American and the oldest of the four boys mm-hmm. that my mom had, I was like, dude, everyone's like the culture is a little different because you know the way that we were raised or the way that I was raised. Yeah, it's just a whole different experience, and mm-hmm. yeah, I wish that there would have been definitely some more Mexican kids that I could relate to. Like, yeah. And I think Mexican humor is funny because there's, it's not the same as American humor, you know, mm-hmm. there's it, the household isn't, it's not the same. Uh, there's a lot of different things that Mexicans do differently than Americans. Um, yeah. But I, I just, I mean, we, we were like really, really poor, mm-hmm. like extremely poor. And I think that in itself is like, I think that's funny. You know, whenever you see, like the shit that's breaking or like your yeah. fucking your your roof is caving in or whatever you know it's, i'm yeah. just like damn it dude. <laughs> like it's, I, I just think funny, that's man. Fun. i just think that's funny dude it's funny um because like a lot of people don't get the experience um i wouldn't say like we weren't like starving it wasn't poverty or nothing like that but the struggle was there the struggle was there yeah um i i know what that i know what that feels like yeah it's it's a different experience and when you when you get to experience that as a young especially as a man when you're mm-hmm. a man you're just like dude that like i don't want like i appreciate the hustle my parents had mm-hmm. and it, it it's hard um but you're just like dude i got we got i got to do something that i'm sure that won't land me in the same position, you know. Yeah. Yeah, once you're once you're starting to come out of that struggle, you don't want to go back. Yeah. A lot of people take it for for granted as well uh the position or where they are economically, you know. They don't know the struggle. Yeah. But struggle. Yeah, for like Hispanics that came over 
and like you and me first generation. Yeah, because I look like a lot of my nephews and my nieces. Man, they have it good. <laughs> like my sisters are yeah. raising them right. They go to private schools. I'm like, what? Private school? Nah. Yeah. Send his ass to uh, Central High or something. Yeah, dude. Builds character. <laughs> it does build character, yeah. man. There's, there's a, diff- I mean, there's pros and cons to both sides. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, you want your kids to do better, but or you, you don't want your kids to have the same, you know. The struggles that struggle. you but at the same time it builds character yeah builds a lot of character builds a lot of determination yeah. and a, a lot of tenacity it'd be I, cool put him in a private school two years send him to a public school just to see what it it's like oh yeah mm-hmm. for sure i've always been a, a a strong believer that hardships struggles are the best teachers yeah yeah yeah, I'm the same way. There's definitely there's there's sometimes I look at the stuff that, you know, like the job that I have mm-hmm. currently, the one that pays for all this shit. Yeah. I there was a time and point where I really wanted that job. Mm-hmm. And now I got it and I've gotten relatively decent at it, like, you know, to a point where I'm happy, people are happy. But it's not I'm just like, dude, this, there's way more to life to, than just working this yeah. job. So, you know, as I'm doing this, as I'm chasing my dream, quote unquote, it kind of gives me a, like ten, like maybe like 2% fear mm-hmm. to get to where I want to be and then realize that it's not what I wanted, you know? Yeah. But we're constantly evolving as humans, so I don't know, man. Maybe it's just like... I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we're evolving, man. As I look at, maybe I'm just old because the generation before me always talked shit about my generation. And now I see myself in their shoes. And now I'm talking shit about the generation <laughs> before me. And I'm like, man, these kids, they don't do anything right. They're lazy, uh, privileged. Uh, I just feel like they're evolving in the opposite direction you know where struggling is a bad thing where if you start struggling they just leave they quit yeah i'm like no struggle is part of it hard work is part of it you just can't expect to go somewhere and feel entitled like go to a job oh i'm not going to work because they're only paying 12 dollars an hour i'm like well what do you what can you do what what are you good at Nothing, exactly. You you don't have the right to demand a, a bigger pay or a bigger reward for stuff that you don't know how to do or, you know, quick compensation is something I'm not a big fan of. It just doesn't help anybody. Yeah. It doesn't help the person who hired you. It doesn't help yourself, you know, kind of build yourself as a as a decent human and yeah that's my that's my take on that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah there's there's a lot about struggles man that i i look forward to struggling i really do i look mm-hmm. forward to anytime anytime there's like an obstacle or a challenge i look yeah. forward to it and right now right now there's a lot of them you know there's a lot of them but you just got to keep going and i'm sure there's a lot of obstacles for you and you just got to keep going yeah 
you talked earlier about um, not wanting to do photography forever. Is there something else that you're, you know, you're just like, man, I'd really love to do that. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's something I've, uh, always had a, a thing for, uh, music, DJing, producing, uh, just being more involved with that. Uh, growing up, I grew up in church. Uh, so like, I was always like, super interested in like the production of uh their uh worship or whatever the lighting the sound the instruments uh just being behind the scenes and all that uh so eventually i kind of do want to shift into that world and i'm not trying to bash anyone uh but i've kind of like heard the djs here in arkansas everywhere (laughs) I'm like, man, y'all, y'all suck. Yeah. And I really can't say much now. Like it, me saying it right now, you know, in your podcast, uh, that they suck, you know, there might come some, uh, criticism like, well, I mean, what, what are you doing? So that's why I'm like, I can't do it right now, but it's not really a long-term goal. I'd say within the next year or two, uh, I want to get the gear, start practicing and, just be the best DJ there is. Yeah. DJ, sound producer, music producer, whatever. Yeah. That's what I want to get into. I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. So th- this is the craziest fucking goal. And it's not, I have, mm-hmm. I don't know if I have dreams anymore. I have like goals and aspirations. Um, one of them is to have like, uh, I would say it'd have to be kind of like a big warehouse mm-hmm. um, where, Artists, creators, anybody can come in and work, and there's stuff there. There's people there that can help you yeah. do work. Um, obviously, it wouldn't be free because nothing and nothing worth having is free. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe have like a membership for it, kind of like a gym membership. You go out, you work out, you work your muscles. Of course. Here, it's a creative studio. You go, mm-hmm. you work, um, you make your art or whatever, and. Uh, yeah, you, it could be like a music studio. We could have podcast studios set up in there. Yeah, um, you know, you could have your photography section. It's like a creative space, a creative, a, a massive creative space mm-hmm. where anybody can come in and work. Yeah, like a library, but for creators. Yeah, that'd be super dope. There's actually one in Fayetteville, that area. I've been to it, and it was it was pretty cool. Um. But yeah, I definitely wish that there was something like that a lot closer. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it is possible, especially since, you know, this this whole world is kind of shifting to that to that space, the creative space, the creating space. Um to where a lot of people don't have quick access to cameras or mics or backdrops or, or even just knowledge. Uh, you know, with my team, I try to teach them everything I know. Um, and there's a lot of things that people don't know. Uh, maybe for, for lack of motivation to try to better themselves. Uh, because a lot of the times we know when I'm, I'm with my employees, I have to drill information into their head. I'm like, this isn't how you do it. This, this is how you do it. Um, and also having that 
space where you feel comfortable presenting your work and getting constructive criticism, feedback, it's super necessary. I feel like I feel like that's the downfall of a lot of people who are starting off with photography. They don't receive that negative feedback. They only receive it from their friends, their family, which of course their friends or family, oh my God, your photos are amazing. Yeah. Uh, bring it to me. I'm going to be like, it's, it's crap. Yeah. Uh, but obviously I won't tell them that. I'll tell them what's wrong with it in a constructive way. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's definitely something we need, which could be offered at a space like that. So that's definitely something that would be super cool to, to have. How do you feel about creators that gatekeep like I've messaged people and they don't they don't have to get mm-hmm. back to me or whatever you yeah. know they're on their their own time and I value everyone's mm-hmm. time immensely mm-hmm. um but there I feel like there are creators that don't want to share what they got going on you know yeah I think uh it's not them being insecure I've had a lot of people reach out to me for some similar situations, which I have no problem sharing the knowledge of how I create things or things that work. Uh, you know, like uh, there was this one guy who asked me for for like pricing, like how do you what do you charge or how do you price this? I was like, I mean, even if I if I gave you this, which I'm not. Uh, it's really not going to help you because those are my prices. You know, people are, um, are, um, are, are going to pay for what they see, which is my work. Um, I will say that if it's, if it's things to help you grow creatively, uh, create things, uh, I usually don't have a problem with that, but, um, you know, I tell people I'm like, it's not an easy space to, to get into. Uh, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm like, first of all, y'all have me as a competitor. And <laughs> I will literally outwork anybody yeah. who is in my face. Like there's no chance that someone's going to outwork me. I love that. Yeah. I love <laughs> that. Uh, so I tell them that I'm like, so, but a lot of the times it is it is insecurity that someone's going to take their job. But I always tell people, I'm like, there's work for everybody. Like, I'm telling you, like, I've had to build three. I'm on my third team now just because there's not enough creators out here in the world. Mm-hmm. There's not enough creators to, to handle all these events. There's so many people. The world is growing, you know, every minute. Yeah. So many people um, where it's... Uh, it's going to become a necessity, you know, but there is some people with like malicious intent and I can kind of like read people, uh, the way they, they talk, the way they ask. Uh, so I do limit some of my information, uh, in that aspect because, well, let's go back. The guy that asked me, he was kind of being like suspicious, like asking me too many questions, like, uh, I don't mind if you ask me a few questions, but he was like being specific, like what backdrops do you use? What settings do you use? Mm-hmm. I was like, my guy, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to give you everything. Uh, I have 
you know, uh, people that depend on me, you know, I'm like their main source of income. I'm like, I got to look out not just for myself, but for them too. Yeah. I'm not going to give you information like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I try to help out in the creative space where I can, when I can. Am I going to give you information? Yes. Am I going to hold your hand and tell you step by step what you need to do? No. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's really healthy. I mean, yeah. if the way I see it, it's like going to the mechanic when your car is broken and mm-hmm. being like, hey, how do I fix this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, dude, I'm a mechanic. I can yeah. fix it, but I can't. Teacher. I got shit to do. You know, yeah. I got a, cars to fix. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm the same way, man. I, if I can help somebody do whatever, I'll I'll help them. Yeah. But everyone has their shit going on, dude. Everyone's busy, you yeah. know, and when someone is like constantly asking you questions yeah. about how to do something. I'm like, dude, YouTube it. Yes. Like YouTube say. it. I don't know what to tell you, bro. I'm <laughs> learning from YouTube yeah. myself. So, um, that's basically all the advice I could give them. Like, YouTube. yeah, some, yeah. Some people try to take advantage and try to take what you have. I always say build what build what you can with what you got. Um, and also help out if you can, but don't give out everything that you know. Yeah. Uh, like I said, one question or two questions is good. Like if you're asking me what camera you should buy, I'll probably give you advice on what you should buy. Or like, hey, my flash isn't working. I'll be like, would you try turning this setting on the camera? Yeah, I'll help you out with that type of stuff. But if you ask me, how'd you get this picture to look exactly like this? <laughs> I'll be like, well, you got to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Um, mainly because... It's it's years of of trial and error. Yeah. Um, do I give out courses? Yeah. If you want to learn, I can teach you, but I'm gonna have to charge you. Oh yeah. Like any. You do master classes. Uh, like do I take them? No, like give do them. You, do you like? Have you thought about doing like tutorials, like video? Uh, I don't think I'm at that level yet. You know, I keep myself humble but not too humble. Uh, I think I am one of the, the best in Arkansas, but I also follow people from New York, California, and I see their work 10 times better than mine. And I always strive to, to be like them. I take their courses uh, just because I have that acknowledgement that they're better than me. Yeah. And I'm aware of that. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm not the best and I feel like I'm not at that level to where I can like teach uh, I teach my team how to do things uh, my way just because it's efficient, but I don't think I could give a master class just because I don't think I'm at that level yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I respect that mm-hmm. dude for sure. And there's a lot of people who, who, what's that thing called? You heard of the Dunning Kruger effect? I don't think I have. Well, the Dunning, Dunning Kruger effect is uh, this study um, of, like people that think they're good at something when in reality they're trash Mm -hmm. and it's, it's specifically popular within the creative community. Like people will create something, they create one thing and yeah, it might've came out great that first time and then they start taking more photos or creating more videos and in their mind, (laughs) they think that they're the best shit in the world. They're like, Oh my God, this is so good. Nobody's better than me. And that alone kind of just closes out everything else that you can learn. Oh yeah. And it's super, super popular or common within the creative community. Um, 
which I always say, you know, if you think that way, you're never going to get better. Yeah. Uh, you always got to keep an open mind that there is someone out there better than you or that somebody is always going to, there's somebody that's going to try to be better than you. Uh, keeping that in mind, it keeps you on your toes uh, to where you don't let that happen. Yeah. 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 That's the way I look at it. Uh, content creators, I feel like, I don't, I don't know as like somebody that, and that's why I was saying like stand up comedy is so it's such a, such a task to do. It really is mm-hmm. because you look at other comedians and I admire other comedians. I want to talk to them. I want to see like, mm-hmm. like what makes a like a real comedian. They're fucked up. Yeah, like they're really they're fucked up individuals. Most of them. And I'm intrigued by stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what made you this way? Like, there is a certain pattern with stand-up comedy. Um, and a lot of artists, you know, like a lot of them are just like super weird or super awkward or like yeah. they're like dark humor or just like like weird stuff. I just, I don't even know where I was trying to, I literally lost my point. Dude. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, oh, the... Uh thinking that you're better than what you actually are maybe. Yeah. There's a lot of people that think like that. And there was a point in time where I was like, man, I'm really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I took a really long break from stand up comedy because I thought I was like, man, I'm just going to crush it. And then you get up there, you know, when it's time to, when it's mm-hmm. game time, you're like, no, you just don't do it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's healthy to have a to not be delusional, to have an open mind, and to yeah. know that there there's gonna be obstacles when you start. There's gonna be a lot of pain, yeah. you know, um, which is something I admire. And looking at you, dude, like I've been following you ever since way before you took my pictures, you mm-hmm. know, and just seeing the growth, dude. Seeing the team. When I saw your team, I was like. Yeah. I was like, dude, this guy is like growing. I am so happy. I'm really am happy for you, man. Thanks, Um, man. Post your gear, dude. I will. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot, but I'm excited to do it. And I think it will be a big flex, but uh, I think I I need to do it. Yeah. What kind of camera do you use? Like right now, I shoot primarily on the A7 IV. A7 IV? Yeah. Yeah. A7 IV. That's my that's my go to. Yeah. What uh like export settings? Uh for video or for just yeah. Uh I usually just use the presets that are like in Premiere. Uh ten eighty. Ten eighty about fifteen mega megabytes per second, yeah. Um that's it. I don't try to do anything four K <laughs> mainly because I don't think my computer can handle that much. Uh so yeah. That's pretty much it. What, like, if we could go down a list, like, what settings do you have on your camera? Oh, like, uh, what do you mean? Like, just your settings. It just changes. Uh, I shoot, they change frequently. Uh, so I shoot primarily on manual mode. There's a lot of other modes that I, I tell my team to use in case they can't figure it out on manual exposure. Um... There's a setting that's called, uh, it's AV, which stands for Aperture Priority. Uh, and then there's one that stands for, it's TV, which stands for Shutter Priority. 
so if I if I tell them usually, hey, if you're uh, shooting something fast, go with shutter priority, which is TV. If it's like a portrait, go with aperture priority. Uh, it's just easier. The camera does all the work for you. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't ever use those. I always use manual just because I kind of know the settings. Uh, you know, when whenever you are working with manual, you have to know your your ISO, which kind of detects like uh, your the the sensor sensitivity to light. So like the higher your ISO, the more sensitive it is, but it's also makes it more grainy your photos. Uh, your shutter speed, obviously, if you want to track something fast, then you need a high uh, fast shutter speed. And then if you want like that nice blurred out background, you want a really high open aperture. Uh, my mind is, I guess, programmed to already know what settings I need. So like, for example, if I'm, I'm going to take a photo of you right now. I would probably use an aperture of about 2.8 shutter speed. 250 ISO 500 yeah. so it's like I've been shooting for so long where I kind of already know where what settings I would use for specific uh, lighting yeah damn dude definitely yeah. takes a lot of time yeah it uh, it took a while to, to kind of get used to that and being able to program my mind to, to think that way and just know what settings I need uh, but yeah that's it. Um, cool, man. No, we'll yeah. we'll end it. Cool. Um, we'll I just don't want to take too much of your time. It's no. getting late out there. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say to the the people of the drowning fish that listen? Mm, yeah, I mean, if you are a, I guess just to finish off, uh, strong, maybe maybe inspirational, uh, to what we just talked about, you know. If you are a content creator, whether that be comedy, uh, photo, video, instructional videos, uh, I always tell people, you know, do your homework. Um, doing your homework includes research, uh, practicing on your own, uh, being open to criticism from your peers, uh, and also from, you know, people who you consider your, your mentors. Uh, honest criticism if you feel like they're being too soft on you be like hey man tell me how it is it, yeah. tell me how it is you know be straight up uh, sometimes it's necessary for you to to grow uh, and not stay stagnant I feel like that's the downfall of a lot of artists is they stay too comfortable in one spot uh, just because they're not open to to criticism uh, or critique from from their peers and mentors uh, and not practicing. There's always something you can learn uh, in your area of expertise. Yeah. So that's it. Keep learning. Keep creating. And that's all you need to do. Consistency. Damn right, dude. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to. I wanted to thank you publicly. I appreciate yeah. you coming out, man. And I admire your hard work. Appreciate for real, that. dude. Yeah. Um, Thanks, man. It's 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 hard. But I admire your hard work, man. Um, if you guys have anything that you want him to work on, Tough Labs on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, do you have anything, anything uh, else? Tough Labs or on everything. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Google. On it all. 
Instagram's where I found him. He yeah. Is, yeah, he's lit on Instagram. Yeah, I've been recently um, shifting to TikTok just because that's where my clientele is, like the younger generation, oh, like yeah. quinceañeras. Um, and it's been it's been going good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, follow me on there. Uh, once again, thanks for having me. Uh, I look forward to your to your comeback as a comedian. Yeah, we'll be back. And hopefully some of it's in Spanish. Oh, for yeah. sure. We'll see. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, share this episode with your grandma. Yes. Bye. All right. Awesome, man. That was dope. That was dope. I enjoyed myself. Some uh, interesting.